And welcome, my friends, to the Generations Broadcast. Kevin Swanson with you, Steve Vaughn also. And today we're coming to matters of state. We have to be somewhat cautious in terms of our alliances and our commitment to certain states, certain countries, certain nations. We certainly do not say America right or wrong. We are careful with nationalism and internationalism. Uh, But we also want to impress on you the importance of worldview to determine right and wrong, good guys and bad guys in the present day as well as throughout history. Are there good guys and bad guys in history? Certainly there were in the uh, period of the Davidic kingdom. Over a period of time, there were good kings and bad kings. Ahab was a bad king. Josiah was a good king and did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. So you you have the word of God not as some kind of an arbitrary, relativistic approach to ethics, but the word of God does say that there are leaders who are substantially good and do that which is right in the sight of the Lord, and those that are substantially bad and they do that which is evil in the sight of the Lord. And the same thing applies to the Hitlers, the Putins, the Trumps, the Cromwells, the... Patrick Henry's in fill in the blank. Well, Viktor Orban won the fourth term as Hungary's prime minister, and the mainstream media is up in arms on this one, Steve. They <laughs> yes, do they not are. like Viktor Orban. No, 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 no. He's a bad guy. He's the bad guy. Yeah, and anytime the left and the, the big mainstream media hate somebody, that gives me even more reason to wonder why I'm going to like him. <laughs> he was endorsed by Donald Trump in January, so that's one more reason for the mainstream media to go, ah, uh, we don't like Victor Orban. Orban is hated by the MSM for his policies on homosexuality and immigration. He is a member of the Calvinist Hungarian Reformed Church, which, as I understand it, is not the largest denomination in Hungary. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> probably I would say not. it's probably one of the smallest denominations in Hungary, but he is a member of that church. And by the way, I had a um, guy interact with one of our worldview programs in which we went over this election and the progress that Orban made in terms of the economy of the Hungary over the last 12 years that he's been involved as prime minister of that country. And uh, this guy was pretty upset with the way we presented this. Why? Because his worldview was effectively humanistic. He was a leftist of some sort, and he was upset with a Christian world and life view in terms of our treatment of Viktor Orban. He wasn't happy with that. Well, we were just presenting the fact that Orban is hated by the mainstream media for his policies, primarily on LGBT, because the LGBT perspective is the most important matter of orthodoxy in the mind of the zeitgeist in our day. Okay, this is the doctrine of the Trinity for the humanist. They believe in transgenderism, homosexuality, and abortion. That's it. And if you disagree with that, you have denied the Trinity from the humanist orthodoxic position today. You agree with that, Steve? I mean, that that's if, if you don't agree with those positions and you're not advancing those positions in the Western world, you are the apostate of the highest order. That, yeah, I would agree with that statement. I wouldn't agree that it's right, but I agree that that's what they believe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where they are. Well, it's interesting that uh, Hungary has one of the most uh, significant improvements in terms of GDP per capita in all of Eastern Europe and perhaps in all of Europe. For the last 12 to 15 years, it's not like this has been an outstanding period of time in Western economy, but the Eastern Bloc nations that were freed from the bonds of uh, communism 
and allowed for some measure of freedom in the area of capitalism have uh, demonstrated some improvement in economy. And certainly we see that with Hungary. Hungary's GDP increased 31%. Poland got barely 21% over the same period. And Slovakia, which is just a neighbor to Hungary, uh, they, they, they got about a 12% increase over the last 12 years. So if you compare the improvement of GDP per capita in Slovakia, Poland, and Ukraine, as well as uh, Hungary, you find that Hungary by far did better on the GDP per capita improvement than Ukraine, Poland, and Slovakia over the last 12 years. And Viktor Orban happened to be the man at the helm. Hungary is listed as number 48 in the Heritage Foundation's Freedom Index, significantly higher than Ukraine, which happens to be at 130, and Russia is at 113. So they're pretty much in the mud when it comes to freedom and largely because of the corruption that pretty much runs those nations sadly the christian influence in eastern europe the christian influence in russia and ukraine has been minimal and uh, so until those nations are discipled and i hope that they will be uh, we support by the way missionaries and uh, seminaries that are active in russia and ukraine and i hope that uh, by god's grace we will see something of the discipleship of nations occur over the next 100 years of Christ's rule. Well, let's take a moment, take a break, and come back, and we are going to interact with the nations. How are the nations doing? And I'm going to revisit the Evil Index as well, and a headline from Mother Jones. Here's what Mother Jones said about the Viktor Orban election. The worst people on the planet are cheering the re-election of Hungary's authoritarian leader. There's just a little worldview bias in that one. (laughs) We'll talk about that next on Generations. Are you wondering what the future holds for you and your family? During uncertain times, we know one thing for sure. There's an abundance of opportunities waiting for us as we carry out the mission of God in taking the glorious gospel to the ends of the earth. And it starts with our kids. Join us this spring for the Homeschool of the Future Online Summit, a week-long boot camp targeted to help us stay on mission. The event is loaded with world-class speakers, including Dr. Al Mohler, Michael Ferris, Heidi St. John, Ken Ham, Rachel Carmen, Vodi Bauckham, Todd Wilson, and so many more. And it's all free, April 4th through 8th. Register now for a week that will refill your vision, refine your strategy, and recharge your energy for the mission. You can sign up for free today. Just go to homeschoolsummits.com slash event. That's homeschoolsummits.com slash event. And we're back on the Generations Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, matters of state today on this edition of the program. Not too many professing Christians or committed Christians running the state of any nation in the world today, except Brazil. And Hungary, that's pretty much it. There might be some, you know, South Pacific island led by a professing Christian. But in terms of any nation led by a serious Christian who's taking seriously God's commands in relation to the slaughter of the innocents or to matters like uh, government support of 
homosexual perversions, et cetera, et cetera. It seems to me that Brazil and Hungary are pretty much your last nations left in the world in which there is something of a concern for biblical morality. The rest of the world has pretty much gone down into the sewer. But here's the headline from Mother Jones on the election of Viktor Orban. The worst people on the planet are cheering the re-election of Hungary's authoritarian leader. Viktor Orban has pioneered a form of illiberal democracy that the American right increasingly looks to for inspiration. Okay, so that's the sense a little bit of worldview bias in that headline, don't you, Steve? Yeah, just a, just a little bit. They they are they're kind of playing, showing their hands. They're laying the cards on the table at this point. Yeah. Well, and of course, worldview affects matters of state. It does. Worldview affects whether we consider one nation better than the other. Worldview affects whether we believe one particular political candidate is better than the other. That is our basis for ethics. Our determination of which ethics are right, which are wrong. Uh, what sins are more severe and heinous in the sight of God or in the sight of the man-God than others determined by the worldview? Well, they're concerned, of course, that the worst people on the planet are cheering the re-election of Viktor Orban, President Trump being, I guess, one of the worst people on the planet. And they say right-wing intellectuals Rod Dreher uh, have praised Orban's pro-family anti-migrant policies as fervent opposition to LGBTQ rights. In August of 2021, Tucker Carlson broadcast his show from Budapest for a week praising Hungary as a small country with a lot of lessons for the rest of us. Following the election, Dreher congratulated Orban for his victory and urged Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to look to him for inspiration. All right. Well, and we have... We have identified that, you know, here is one of the most successful leaders who has improved the economy of his nation for the benefit of his people more than anybody else in the advanced world today, in first and second world countries today. I I can't think of anybody else has done as well as he has. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people mourn. And, you know, I mean, who's out there cheering on South Africa and Zimbabwe? I'm not. These are some of the most degraded nations in the world these days, largely because they're, you know, the leftist, socialist, Marxist leaders have taken the nations down into the sewers, economically speaking, and just about every other way. So it turns out that the media is biased. And the international community does not use God's law to determine the good guys and bad guys. Am I off on a limb on this one, Steve? Or no, not at all. I mean, they the 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 left has their agenda, and uh, they seem to be in power, and they're going to be pushing that agenda, and they think that they're right. But they, I I was just reading something this morning that they're they're more like a pack of dogs. That if one of them kind of scoots off, they'll they'll let them be killed or they'll kill them themselves because it's all about. It's it's all about the party. It's all about these things that we stand for, and you know it, they're they're ready to just eat their own at any moment. And that when there's somebody out there who's a leader that that doesn't agree with them, then they've got to be the worst person in the world because they obviously know everything that's right. But you know, we as we're looking at them, we know that they don't because we stand on the truth of God's word. 
I have a hard time agreeing with the fact that Orban is much of an authoritarian, given that government spending as a percentage of the GDP for Hungary dropped about 5% under Orban between 2010 and 2020. So again, using data, I mean, you know, in God we trust all else bring data. I think we need to get back into the data and take a look and say, okay, on what basis do you call this guy an authoritarian? And of course, what they're saying is he doesn't allow for as much abortion or as much homosexuality as they would like. And that's Really, what's happened with the EU, the EU has uh, has placed Hungary and Poland in the dunce corner. Most recently, you know, after 2 million people have fled into Poland, or I'm sorry, 2.4 million people have fled into Poland and 365,000 immigrants or exiles have come out of Ukraine into Hungary. After all of this has happened, what did the EU do? Well, the European Union, they punished both countries. They've punished both countries. You talk about insult to injury. 478 MEPs voted on Thursday in favor of punishing both countries, Poland and Hungary. Well, thank you very much, EU, after they have provided something of a refuge for 2.7 million Ukrainians. uh, The EU slapped both nations in the face for their pains. The MEPs voted to sanction Poland and Hungary where more than a million refugees have found sanctuary, I said more than two million refugees have found sanctuary, comes after the EU's top court dismissed a February Polish and Hungary challenge to a new law which would allow the bloc to cut funds to member countries found to have violated democratic rights and freedoms. Now, the democratic rights and freedoms they violated, as it turns out, are defined by those who hate God's law. Total sexual perversions, autonomy, baby killing. The hard sell of sexual perversion in every kindergarten in Hungary and Poland. They stood against that is what they did. And so these hypocrites in the international community wouldn't want to spell out exactly what they violated. But they violated democratic rights and freedoms in which they couldn't get every kindergartner in Hungary and Poland sexually perverted. And they didn't support, I guess, baby killing and other perversions as enthusiastically as the EU would have liked them to support those things. And by the way, these are the sorts of things that are eroding and destroying nations. So mark my words, my friends, the EU will not exist in the years to come because they have destroyed themselves. They have imploded their birth rates. They have destroyed their sexuality. They have destroyed their civilization by destroying sexuality and by unraveling their socioeconomic systems by way of a system of existentialism that doesn't care about grandchildren and great-grandchildren because all that matters is me, myself, and I in the short term. It's an existentialistic worldview that is expressed through a Keynesian economics, and uh, these nations are doing their best to destroy themselves. And they're doing their best to persecute nations like Poland and Hungary, which may be the only nations standing 50 years from now. One of the things that economists don't or people don't understand about the economy is that you need people you need people to buy the products you need people to buy the houses you need people to buy the cars you need people to work and then as you know the the countries that are encouraging uh the you know population growth countries that encourage larger families they're the ones who have the best economy and and that's i mean that's even biblical children are a blessing from the lord and as you have your quiver growing and you you grow in your family economically you know god blesses you because they're going to be the ones that help you out in the economy they're going to be the ones buying the products 
all of those types of things. The reason why we're struggling so much is that our our population is imploding as well here in the United and States. And Russia has led the pack, and we've made this point before. Russia has the highest abortion rate in the world for a long time, for decade upon decade. And the end result has been the largest birth implosion in the world. I didn't realize this until just about a month ago when I did the stats, but Russia has been imploding its birth rates far more severely than Japan. So, friends, Russia is already pretty much running itself down into the septic tank when it comes to their birth implosions. And the same thing, by the way, they exported to Ukraine and the Eastern Bloc, uh, pressing the abortion vision upon these European nations uh, since the 1920s and or since the 1950s uh, when the Eastern Bloc was established after World War II. So uh, Hungary's climbing out from under that ukraine has not climbed out from under it and russia has not climbed out from under it now thankfully hungary is one of the most restrictive nations for abortion in eastern europe in all of europe it's italy poland and hungary the most restrictive nations in europe for abortion italy poland and Hungary. now there's not that many restrictions but there are some restrictions requiring mandatory counseling distress restrictions that sort of thing so hungary one of the most restrictive nations for abortion along with poland and italy And so there may be some hope for these Eastern Bloc nations. I don't know. I don't see much hope for America, maybe a few states. Thankfully, there's a decentralization going on in America, and some states are better than others. So there will be some sanctuaries for life, some sanctuaries for uh, something of a desire to maintain a future civilization in a few states and a few nations around the world, but not very many. Now, we've just released the Evil Index a couple of years ago, and I've actually updated the numbers one more time. Now, we say, well, what's the evil index? The evil index has to do with the nations in the world that are the most evil of all the nations in the world on the basis of the commandments of God. And what we have said before is that worldview and the basis for ethics ties into whether one nation is doing better than the other. The Word of God does say, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The Bible does say those nations are blessed who Keep the commandments of God. So we find that in Deuteronomy 28 and 29. So and we have just released the evil index one more time. The sixth commandment is very high on the list. Why? Because God destroys nations for two reasons. One is the shedding of innocent blood, and the second is sexual perversion. So the sixth commandment is very, very important. Assuming that God treats a baby in the womb as having as much value as an adult. Uh, We believe that abortion is a significant issue. Yes, we're concerned about the 400 children who've been killed in the Ukrainian war. Yes, we're concerned about the 400 children killed in the Ukrainian war. But we're also concerned about the other 80,000 babies killed in Ukraine every year by abortion. And the 600,000 babies killed in Russia every year by abortion. Which, by the way, is 42% of live births as of the most recent data. Back in 2007, is 100% of live births. Russia has had the highest abortion rate in the world for decades. So what is the most evil nation in the world? Well, the most evil nations in the world when it comes to the abortion rate is Greenland. It's Greenland. That's right, Greenland. After that comes Cuba, Russia, Romania, Vietnam, and China. Mostly communist countries or ex-communist countries. Sadly, the Bolshevik communist atheistic worldview Uh, pretty much destroyed Russia, and it is still more or less stuck in the morass of the hardcore humanist, atheistic, materialistic worldview that destroyed the nation over a period of 100 years. So Greenland, the most evil nation in the world when it comes to the Sixth Commandment, as well as Cuba, Russia, Romania, 
Vietnam, and China. Greenland also has the highest suicide rate in the world, at least between 1985 and 2012. Among the larger nations, Uruguay, Nicaragua, and Chile still are the better nations in the world when it comes to abortion rates. By murder rates, the highest murder rates in the world are nations like South Africa, Colombia, and Russia, believe it or not. When it comes to the Seventh Commandment, in terms of the evil index, what, what is the most evil nation in the world? What are the nations that support sexual sin, advertise sexual sin, flaunt sexual sin more than any other nation in the world? The most evil nation in the world by far when it comes to the Seventh Commandment is Sweden, followed up by Netherlands, Greenland, Iceland, Spain, Denmark, Germany, Norway, Belgium, Canada. Let's look at the Eighth Commandment. The Eighth Commandment, of course, has to do with the corruption indexes as well as the freedom indexes, which identify the nations in which there is a high level of government corruption or lower levels of government corruption, as well as taxation and the kind of thievery that goes on with the redistribution of wealth and so on. Heritage Foundation's Index of Economic Freedoms helps us here. Most evil nation in the world when it comes to Eighth Commandment is North Korea, followed up by Venezuela, Cuba, Sudan, Zimbabwe, Eritrea, and I just mentioned Sudan. Well, the best nations in the world when it comes to the Index of Economic Freedoms, when it comes to Eighth Commandments, would be Ireland, Singapore, New Zealand, Taiwan, Estonia, Canada, and Chile. The United States is down around number 25, fallen from the fourth position some 15 years ago. We've talked about that before. The most improved nations in the world when it comes to the Eighth Commandment turn out to be Hungary, Poland, and Bulgaria. So we certainly are seeing an improvement in economy in some of these nations. And, of course, these are the most despised nations in the world as well, Steve. Yeah. Uh, It doesn't surprise me that Hungary and Poland are you know most improved leading that list and that and for that reason they're the most despised by our media at least and this most wonderful nation as presented by the leftists south africa well it turns out to be one of the most degraded nations in terms of decline on the freedom index not a good story when it comes to the eighth commandment and by the way abortion as well south africa is on the worst trajectory in the world as far as i can tell North Korea, of course, is already down there, but South Korea, South Africa is on the worst trajectory in the world. If you're looking for a nation that is doing very poorly and doing worse and worse every year. Okay, when it comes to the first through the fourth commandments, that is those commandments in which we either are worshiping the true and living God or denying him and persecuting his people. The worst possible nation, the most evil nation in the world today is Afghanistan, according to Another index, which we take from opendoors.com, which is an organization that monitors the persecution of Christians around the world. So the most evil nation in the world when it comes to the first four commandments would be Afghanistan this year. And then it followed up with North Korea, Somalia, Libya, Yemen, Eritrea, Nigeria, and Pakistan. Interestingly, we throw in the fifth commandment as well. I know this is a little odd, but I think it's helpful because... You know, the fifth commandment does talk about living long upon the earth. <laughs> so why not throw that one into the mix? Yeah. You know, honor your father and your mother that it may go well with you and you will live long upon the earth. And there are some cultures in which there is a bit more honor for the elderly, a bit more honor for parents than we find in other nations. Uh, best nations in the world when it comes to life expectancy per GNI would be Japan, Switzerland, Singapore, Hong Kong, Hong Kong 
Australia, Spain, Iceland, and Italy. The worst nations in the world when it comes to life expectancy per GNI would be Russia, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, and the United States. These are the worst nations when it comes to honoring mothers and fathers. Chile is still the best nation in the world in most of these instances. But in summary, Afghanistan, North Korea, Greenland are also some of the worst nations in the world. I would say the very worst nation in the world to date would still be North Korea, followed up by Afghanistan, and then Greenland. So those would be the the top three of the very worst nations in the world when it comes to abortion rates, suicide rates, murder rates, thievery, sexual perversion, and such. I'd also throw in Sweden into that mix, and uh, uh, Sweden and Greenland are probably uh, close to some of the worst nations in the world when it comes to honoring the commandments of God. Well, it's interesting also that Greenland and Iceland have returned to paganism around 1000 AD. Norway and its King Olaf Tryggvason sent missionaries into Iceland and then off to Greenland. The word of God was preached among the Icelanders, created a bit of trouble, but then eventually the wisest man in the land, Thorgeir Thorkelson, held the position of law speaker of the Commonwealth Parliament. Thorgeir came down to the side of the Christian faith. However, he wanted two exceptions. He said, the Icelanders should still continue the practice of consuming horse flesh as well as the practice of infanticide. Though these practices remained at first, God's sanctifying grace began to steadily work in the hearts of the Icelanders. During this time, Iceland assembled the only democratic parliament in Europe. They all met together, and by the year AD 1016, Iceland became a nation that banned infanticide by democratic vote. In fact, the first nation to ban infanticide. By democratic vote, this pro-life stance would continue for the next 1,000 years until the humanist pagans regained control of the modern nation states in the 20th century. It was the apostasy of the Western world that took Iceland down. Sadly, Iceland voted to legalize abortion, the killing of the child inside its mother's womb on May 22nd, A.D. 1975. After a thousand years of Christian influence in Iceland, Norway, Sweden, and Greenland. And so now here we are at the bottom of the barrel for Greenland, Iceland, Sweden, and uh, other nations in the Western world. That wraps up this edition of the Generations Broadcast. would encourage you to our book, Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West, to better understand what has just happened in the last 30 to 40 years. Incredible things have happened that have shifted all of human civilization and will shift world powers from West to East Better brush up on what's going on, my friends, because you are right in the middle of it. Get a copy of Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West at Generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson and Steve Vaughn inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.